Welcome to Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, a luxury interior designer and construction expert. Educated at the New York School of Interior Design and employed by AD Top 100 firms, I have created a niche expertise in managing large-scale construction projects from renovations to new builds over the past three decades. Today, I'm on a mission to instill confidence in designers through this podcast and my online course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. Whether you are new to construction management or a seasoned designer like me, I am all about transparency and tactical advice for fellow designers. On this podcast, I share actionable steps, practical tips, real-life examples, and behind-the-scenes tricks that I use while managing construction projects. Not only will they keep them on schedule and on budget, but will give you the confidence to know that these projects will end successfully, protecting your profit as well as leading to a pipeline full of incredible referrals. If you've been searching for support and advice on construction management to grow your skills and confidence so you can avoid the mistakes that I've made in the past, then you're in the right place. Before we get started, I want to thank each of you for being a part of this community. Your listens, subscribes, and reviews are what allows me to make this show great week after week. I've got lots of plans for growing this podcast, and that's enabled by you. Make sure to follow the podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a thing. If you enjoy this episode, spread the word. Leave a review and tell your interior design friends how much they can learn from this show. Greetings from mid-summer, and I'm wondering how you're feeling about your pipeline of projects starting in the fall. If you're starting to panic, this episode is for you. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Like I said, it's midsummer and I hope you are enjoying it. We all deserve a little bit less structure and a little more downtime to our schedules, as well as time to take vacations, get away from the work that we do every day to relax and rejuvenate our creative juices for future work. That being said, I know by now that I too get into that summer chill mode at this point. I have historically always kept June as an active month. So even when my kids were very young, I had them camped up so that I could keep a normal working week of about nine to five, Monday through Friday. And then we historically have always gone away the first two weeks of July. And every year I tell myself, I'm coming back and I'm hitting it strong. And every year I come back and slowly ease my way back until all of a sudden, oh my gosh, it's August 1 and yeah, my to-do list is still pretty long of projects that I wanted to tackle this summer, right? Don't we all do that? You think, oh, I'm going to have extra time on my hands this summer, so I'm going to do X, Y, and Z with the best of intentions. And frankly, for small business owners, it is the time that we need to expand certain projects like marketing. And that's what I want to talk about today. Because many of you may be looking at your fall and starting to have that panic, that pit in your stomach, like, oh my God, crap, I don't have a lot coming in and my phone isn't ringing. So here's the thing. And I've talked about this before. My three best friends from design school and I, after 30 years of doing the business, still get that same pit in our stomach feeling periodically throughout the year. And we rely on each other 
to remind us that this is normal. Let me repeat, this is normal and it ends. And so if we're feeling that way after 30 years, it is completely expected for you to have those same feelings. Now, I'll forewarn you, we typically have that feeling in August and late fall into the holidays, maybe starting in early November, and you hear crickets and you think, oh my God, my career is over. I'm never getting another job. And then we talk to each other and we talk each other off the ledge and we realize, of course, we're going to get a job. No wonder the phone isn't ringing. Everybody is swamped. Or in the summer, everyone is on vacation or spending more time with their kids away from work. And I can promise you, they are formulating a plan to call you. They just haven't gotten around to it yet because they don't want to take on anything new until the fall. So first, take a deep breath. This is normal and it ends. It always ends. But second, this is an amazing opportunity if you are slower to dig into your marketing. And so that's what I want to talk about today, because I believe there are at least five things you can be doing between now and the end of the summer that will greatly improve your pipeline options to come. So the first may seem obvious, but I'd like to remind you, you have current clients. Talk to them. More often than not, they have additional scope that they want to take on, mainly because you're rocking the work that you're doing for them right now, and they're realizing how wonderful it is to have you managing their projects. So talk to them. Maybe it's something simple, as you are working on a construction project in their bathroom, and they need a new sectional sofa in the basement. Okay, Maybe it's not a huge add to your scope of work, but it's something. There's revenue involved, and it keeps you active and busy. Maybe it is they had talked to you about moving into the next bathroom. Are your contractors available? Maybe they're slow. Why don't you offer to roll into that project right away and see where it goes? So there's always opportunities once you open up yourself to looking for them and then offering them to your clients. They may be thinking, oh, Renee's moving on to the next thing. I should have talked to her about this sooner. Gosh, you know, we really could afford to move forward with that next project, but I bet she's too busy, right? And they're not even going to ask because they already assume that I'm moving on to another project. So the next group you should be reaching out to are past clients, especially ones that loved your work. And again, you may be thinking, well, I, I doubt they have anything for me. Well, Don't assume, don't finish the sentences that have never been asked because they may be thinking, Renee's too busy, or I'll get to it in the fall. What if during your work together, they mentioned future projects? Well, first of all, you should be following up on that if a client does mention something that they'd like to tackle next so that they keep you top of mind for their projects. But say time has gotten in the way, right? And you've been busy. Reach back out. Hey, Mrs. Smith, I hope you're well and enjoying fill in the blank, whatever project you did for them. During our time together, you mentioned moving forward with a kitchen renovation. I wanted to touch base. As luck would have it, I have an opening in my schedule and I wanted to give you first dibs at it, right? That makes them feel special. Oh my gosh, first, you remembered? You remember what I said to you? Second of all, you're giving me first dibs to your schedule? Do you see how the mindset shift is to I'm giving you first dibs to an opening in my schedule versus I'm really slow. Do you have any work 
right? I mean, it's the same ask, frankly. It's just you're presenting it as a positive and not as a potential negative. Oh, gee, why is Renee slow? Gee, I don't know. Is she she not doing as good a work as she did for us? Of course not. It's just you have not stayed in touch. So maybe they don't have something for you. Why don't you ask if they have any friends or colleagues that you can reach out to proactively with their permission and referral? So you can build an entire network without going beyond current and former clients. But I don't recommend you stopping there. It is a very small pool when you only stay with clients because let's be honest, there's only so many projects we can manage in a year. And so even after five years, you don't have that many contacts to reach out to. So I am always encouraging you to develop relationships with industry partners. And the summer, believe it or not, is a good time to do it. Now, I know in the past, I've always said, oh, I'll wait until the fall. Everybody's so busy. They don't want to meet someone new for coffee in the summer. They're traveling. They're doing this. They're doing that. And I put layers upon layers of excuses as to why I wouldn't reach out. Ultimately, they were just that, their excuses. So now, is this the time to say, how's next Wednesday to meet a new realtor, for instance? No, that's too specific. And yes, people are traveling more consistently during the summer. But if you give them a bracket of, say, two weeks, how's the next two weeks look? Do you have time in the next two weeks to meet for a coffee? Right? I would put a specific time bracket, maybe use a date. Do you have between now and August 1st, for instance? If you give just an open ended, do you have time? It's very easy for them to come back and say, gee, I can't. But I find if I give a specific bracket or date, then they come back with a more solid answer. Gee, Renee, I am traveling through the end of July, but I am available the first week of August, right? So that's the kind of conversation you can be having. And if you've been listening long enough, you know that I always recommend if you're not adept at reaching out to industry partners to start with realtors. I just find them more receptive to that kind of outreach because they're doing it themselves, trying to find their own clients, right? They tend to reach out to friends and family. Hey, do you know anyone looking for a house? Things of that nature. So they seem to be more receptive to it whenever I've reached out and cold called on new realtors. But again, I would first start with realtors that you've had a relationship with. And I don't mean necessarily a work relationship. It could be a social relationship. I know in my town, I know dozens of realtors that I've never worked with, but I know them socially. And you know what happens when I do reach out to them and explain my construction management services? More often than not, they say, oh my gosh, I had no idea you offered that, Renee. Wow. I either have you know five clients in mind or... I think I have some clients coming that would need your services. We've been looking for whatever, six months to a year, and they just haven't found the right property, but they are open to renovating certain rooms in their house once they find the perfect one. So again, you must proactively tell people what you do for a living because they will not assume an interior designer can handle construction management. I wish I could tell you there was some magical day in in the future where that will change. I've been looking for it myself for the past three decades. So the more you get comfortable explaining your services and the value you bring to each project, the more receptive people will be to referring you to their clients. 
So again, with realtors, right? I don't know how long it's been since you've purchased a home, but they always offer a list of local trades that they recommend, right? A local painter, a local electrician, pest service, roofers, you name it. They also will recommend architects, builders, and designers if they know that that is a need a client is looking for. Now, depending on your level of experience, you need to be very specific as to who you want to be referred to, right? So if you are looking for half million dollars and up projects, then you need to be specific with the realtors. You do not want to leave that open-ended and have the realtor give your name to a client who's simply looking for a paint consult. One, it's not a project you want to take and therefore shouldn't take. And two, the realtor may look and feel embarrassed when the client reaches back out to them and say, gee, Renee wasn't interested at all in my project, right? So you need to make sure that you are arming that realtor with the facts of the scope of work that you are seeking. Now, if you are going to put a price tag like 500000 and above, then you know you will not be getting as many referrals as if it's an open-ended. So designers listening who are looking for more experience, realtors are the way to go. Start with those paint consults. Give that realtor a list of things you'd like to do. Let's say it's paint consults. Let's say it's finish selections, refinishing floors, window treatments, what have you, to get in the door and get some experience that you can then parlay into bigger projects as your experience and skills grow. So you definitely are going to want to start with realtors that you know. That's the easy one. You can, quite frankly, practice your speeches on them. Ask for feedback if you know them well. Hey, is this something that realtors are looking for? If they say, no, I don't think so, great. Tell me what they are. Tell me what your current five clients are looking for in a home and how I can support them once they find the home. This is market research that will give you so much insight into how to craft your services to the current needs of that realtor's clients. But be prepared that it can take a while for someone to actually land on the home of their dreams. So this may not turn into an immediate referral starting in the next couple of weeks. And so I hope you're seeing that you start with your current clients, you go to your past clients, you go to realtors, both ones you know, as well as ones you don't know. Now, when you approach a realtor you don't know, that's a harder ask to be taking time out of their day to meet a designer that they know nothing about. So again, be specific. Tell them your experience. Tell them your skill sets. Send them images of your work before, middle, and end. Again, don't assume that they will expect construction management services to be something you're going to offer. They may just simply see furniture and accessories which is fine, but we are looking for the construction management portion of our industry and you need to be upfront and specific about it. Now, of course, add in, by the way, I also do furnishings and accessories, but really you want to be reaching out to realtors who can refer you to the construction work that you are looking for. One, to build your experience or two, just to not only build your experience, but your pipeline of work in the future. So as I mentioned before, you're going to be very specific about what you do, show some work, and then specifically ask for a meetup, whether it's a coffee, a lunch, or stopping by their office in a specific time frame. And then you're going to follow up if they don't respond. Because 
I know I am busy and it does not mean that I'm not interested. It just means on some days when I get an email, it may take me a day or two to get back to you. And then if I've gotten 50 emails in between, you're on the second page of my Gmail inbox. I'll be honest, sometimes it takes me a little longer to get through to them because there's so many in between. But again, do not assume it's disinterest until they tell you, thank you, but I am not interested in your services. And honestly, I'm not sure I've ever gotten that direct of a response. So it is worth reaching out and then following up to make sure that you get yourself in front of as many realtors as possible, both ones you know currently as well as new, so that you're marketing your services and yourself for future work. Now, the next industry partner that is an extremely beneficial one are the contractors. Whether you've worked with big construction companies in new builds and large renovations, whether it's the mid-level guys running a couple of teams or the small one-off guys, they are all looking to make their lives easier and their interaction with their clients less. It's that simple. The contractors I know love the fact that I will be the go-between a client and them. They simply want to show up, produce the plans that were drawn, and give the client the results. I have yet to meet a contractor who loves getting into the nitty gritty with the homeowners, especially the ones that are constantly peeking in and asking questions and wanting to know this and why is it that? And I think I might change my mind here. What do you think? Is this sconce height right? I mean, I don't know a single contractor who goes, yay, it's going to be a day filled with that. But that's something we excel at. We know how to manage clients, we know how to manage expectations, we know how to head them off at the pass, and we know how to be direct and honest and leave very little room for questioning our expertise. So that is something you need to be sure that a contractor understands that is a service you're actually offering to them in addition to the client. So the guys you're working with now, they would obviously know this about you. Reach out to them. Talk to them. Hey, remember the Smith job we did together? Would love to partner with you again because I enjoyed X, Y, and Z about our relationship. Maybe they were really forthcoming with their advice in an area that you're not as familiar in and you learned from them. You know, it is important for you to maintain these relationships with contractors and be respectful and build a rapport that will lead to more work. And this is a way of doing it. By complimenting them on something that you learned from them is not sucking up to, unless you put it in those terms, and I don't recommend you doing that. But being honest and truthful about learning something from them shows a level of respect for their expertise and that you would like to be around that more to grow your expertise. It is a win-win. And most contractors, quite frankly, aren't used to designers calling them, asking to partner with them again. But I wouldn't stop with contractors you know. Again, you always want to be broadening your base in a marketing sense so that you can be exposed to new and different projects, whether that's different areas of your town, whether that's out of town, whether that's large renovations to new builds and beyond. So it's the same thing with new realtors. You want to reach out. You want to be very specific because I can promise you if realtors don't think of you in the construction management realm, a contractor will think it even less. So you are going to have to be very specific. I would explain the scope of projects you have worked on in the past. I would say who you have worked with in the past. If it's someone beyond just a one or two guy team, because 
chances are they'll say to themselves, huh, oh, that company hired her. Hmm, maybe we're missing out on something. I think we'll give her a shot or I'll at least meet with her and hear what she has to say. So it's okay. And trust me, it took me years to toot my own horn. But tooting my own horn in an honest and professional way is not bragging. And it has moved my needle significantly more than when I was a little self-deprecating and shy about sharing my skill sets when it came to construction management. And then frankly, the last group of industry partners I would reach out to is architects. Now, I put them last in this scenario intentionally. I have over the years found that architects are the least receptive to interior designers in a construction management capacity. Not necessarily because they see us as lesser than, trust me, that has happened, but more often because they often have an interior designer on staff, especially the larger firms. So in the past, I let that be a barrier. Someone would tell me about an architect or I'd heard about an architect or seen an ad and I would go on their website and I would see, oh, they have an interior design division. Okay, cross them off my list. Well, the interesting part is that didn't serve me because I came across one such architect probably about a year or so later on another project and the client had hired me. And I said to them after we'd gotten to know each other, I said, gee, you know, I love working with you and I'd love to do it again. And they were very receptive to it. And I said, but you have an interior designer on staff. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, but more often than not, the client doesn't always want everybody under one roof. They like having different perspectives from different businesses. And I thought, well, yeah, that makes total sense, right? Now, I, he further went on to say that doesn't happen in every case. And frankly, he likes it when it's his own team members because it makes it easier because we all have our A teams and someone on their staff would be considered an A team member. But he was not against referring me to projects when that situation came up from a client. Or as he said, sometimes they want to bid out that work. And he said, I'd be happy to throw your name into the ring if a client wanted to bid out that part of the project. And he did one other time. And it was a wonderful job that we worked on together. So don't repeat my mistake and put a barrier up when you see that they have in-house interior design staff. Because I have no idea how many projects and how many connections that has kept me from in the past. But like a realtor and like a contractor you haven't worked with before, you need to be very specific the goals that you have with construction management when you reach out to them. They too, even though they're probably our closest industry partner as far as creativity, will not assume that you do anything but decorate. Now, I've had some designers say, oh, well, then I don't want to talk to them. You know, if they don't see me as an equal, then, you know, they're not worth my time. I get it. And trust me, I have had those thoughts. There's one architect in particular that I've worked with that definitely sees me as lesser than. And I get it. And I have fallen into the trap of probably responding to him in person with a little chip on my shoulder. Don't do that. It did not serve me well. Now, I still don't really work with him that often. And and I consider that his loss and no longer mine. But I would definitely put it out there in the beginning so that you don't have them agree to meet with you, then hear about your construction management when they truly aren't interested in you in that role. And you will come across architects that are not interested in that. 
And that's okay because there are tons of other industry partners you can market yourself to who will be extremely receptive to having your services on their project. And so it being mid-July is the perfect time to hone this skill. It is a slower time. And actually, I think I have better luck getting a hold of these people during the summer because their work is also slow, right? Their clients are out of town. Contractors are out of town. Projects do slow down, unfortunately, a little bit, but it gives you that window of opportunity to get into someone's schedule to meet them for coffee or stop by their office for a quick meet and greet. And again, while it may not produce a project for you in this very week, I can promise you that your outreach will be productive at some point, whether it is today, tomorrow, or a month or six months from now. I am constantly surprised when I get a seemingly random email from someone I met with saying, hey, are you still interested in working with us? I think I have the right project. And frankly, one of my largest projects to date came that way. I had reached out to an architect who had sent me a beautiful postcard in the mail of their work. Now, did he intentionally seek me out? No. Definitely not. I'm sure it was someone on his staff who went through maybe the ASID directory, maybe just did a Google search of designers in the tri-state area. I bet he sent hundreds of these out. But it sat on my desk because it was a beautiful image of a barn exterior. And several years ago, when I was doing a marketing outreach, I sent him a note. I commented on the barn that I saw, as well as a few of the other projects I saw on their website. I suggested we meet for coffee, and he took me up on it. We sat for maybe an hour and a half because we had so much in common. We really are aligned as far as our business styles, our dreams for clients, and the projects we work on. And then nothing came of it. We kept in touch through social media, through a few random emails, Christmas card lists, things of that nature. And then all of a sudden, I got an unexpected email maybe over a year later. And he said, I found the project for us to work together. And I thought, really? Oh my gosh, he remembered me? And lo and behold, we started working on a project that lasted almost three years, which has further opened more doors for me. So never underestimate taking the time to market yourself to people who you admire and want to align with, whether that is in size, scope, style, or all of the above. Because you're hearing it from me, it has worked in the past and brought incredible projects to me that I would have never had access to before. So I still want you to enjoy your summer. I know for a fact I will be slowly ramping up to August because I've just given myself the grace to do that because that seems to work best for me coming off of a two-week vacation. But I too will be marketing myself to the five different categories, my current clients, my past clients, my realtors that I know now, as well as new realtors, my contractors that I'm working with now, as well as new ones, and to architects, so that I too have the opportunity to make new connections, build new relationships, and be exposed to new projects. Now, we've covered a lot in this episode today And that's the exciting part because there is so much marketing that you can be doing for your firm and to grow your experience. 
and why it is a large component of my signature course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. I find that interior designers are more focused on doing the work than on marketing themselves to get more work. And I too have fallen into that trap. We tend to keep our heads down in the projects, go all in for our clients, and then pop our heads up when the jobs are finishing up and think, oh crap, I didn't work on getting more projects. This is important and crucial to your success so that you have consistent income and profit to keep you afloat and build your portfolio. So if you want to dive into marketing even more, check out the course offerings on my website and let me know if you have any questions. As always, I can't thank you enough for your time today and I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening and I hope you heard something that you can apply to a project today. If you're ready to increase your construction projects in your business, check out the details on my signature course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. It's a six-part digital course that will save you a three-year learning curve, get you profitable, bring in an income and lifestyle that makes sense for you by learning the top strategies, what works and what doesn't, building your confidence so you're no longer paddling to stay afloat or worse, learning how to manage construction on a client's project. Through the course, I'm handing over 30 years of top strategies and advice. Head to my website, devinyedesign.com, for more details on the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management and become educated and empowered for your next construction project.